I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with another episode of the Steelers Burning Question. And we have a lot to talk about tonight. The question that we're going to answer is about the Steelers wide receivers and the reason behind me choosing this question amongst some of the others that are going on right now with OTAs and things of that nature is that the past few shows, I've had several people ask me about who do I think is going to be you know, the starting receiver. So we're going to break this down. We're going to start it off with who's going to make the team and then maybe some of the battles that are going on within that position group. Who do I think is going to come out on top? But before we do that, I do want to make a very quick announcement. If you're watching this live and you're saying, holy crap, I forgot about that Juju Smith-Schuster jersey giveaway. I guess you could say there's still time to get a video in. But tonight, Wednesday night at 10 p.m. is when we're going to find We're going to cut it off. We're going to say, okay, it's done. So you have 15 minutes roughly or to the end of the show to try to get a video submitted. But the problem is that it's not a video like a popularity contest. Uh, it's not Dave Schofield, Brian Davis, Lance Williams, and myself sitting around looking at you, Twitter and saying, oh, that's the best. It's all based on likes. So we've had several submissions. Uh, we're going to announce that tomorrow night on our Steelers preview show. You can check it out live here on YouTube, probably around 9 p.m., give or take. Uh, and you could also hear it on our audio platforms after we go live on YouTube. So uh, if you still are interested, you still have time. But like I said, you don't have a lot of time. So get to it. Get cracking. If you have a lot of followers, that'll help. Still a chance to win a free jersey. So hopefully we'll be able, we'll be announcing that tomorrow night. So make sure you check that out. If you submitted a a or I guess if you put out a video, then you'll find out whether you won or maybe it was someone else. So uh, with that said, I do want to make sure that everyone knows that we have a YouTube channel. If you're listening to this on an audio platform, you can follow us on YouTube by searching BTSC Steelers Radio. We ask that you subscribe to our channel so you get a notification every single time that we go live. And obviously, you can find us on all our audio platforms by just searching Steelers, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, any number, anywhere where you get your podcasts, you'll find our podcast platform there. And they have all five shows. We do five shows a week. It's a lot of Steelers content. I'm proud of that. I got to be honest. I'm very proud. Very proud of the the content that we're putting out. Uh, recently, I think it's just been very good. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later, but let's get back to the burning question. And that is which wide receivers are going to make the team. Now, first and foremost, I have to say that I personally believe that the Steelers are going to keep six wide receivers on the roster. Some might disagree. I just think that that's a position of need. And it's not like last year when you had Antonio Brown in previous years, when you had, you know, Antonio Brown was the rock, and then all of a sudden you throw in Juju Smith-Schuster, and you're like, well, if they if they only kept five, you could see it. Uh, this is a team, though, that kept Darius Hayward Bay around. They kept Justin Hunter around. They're willing to keep a lot of players uh, at that position. So I am going to project that they keep six total players at the wide receiver position. I also don't believe that some of those outliers, uh, there's an AAF receiver, 
can't even remember his name. <laughs> I apologize for that. There's Ken Griffey's son is still a part of the team on the 91 man raw offseason roster. Uh, unless, and even if they were to sparkle in the preseason, I th there's just a very small chance that they're going to make the team. Um, and if they do, they would have to have something happen ahead of them, like an injury uh, or a trade or, or something like that. Uh, so, I don't need, I'm trying to think of the player. If you're in the live chat, if you can remember, I'll give you mad props, by the way. I think I remembered actually. Everyone remember Damon Patterson last year? He was the one that caught the touchdown pass and did a backflip. Everyone was in love with this kid. He had a great preseason. I think he's now a member of the New England Patriots. So uh, for me, I don't think any of those type of players are going to make this team. So who are the six that I think are going to make the team? Well, Let's talk about the locks first. Juju Smith, Juju Smith Schuster is a lock. Period. I would say that James Washington is a lock because he's only going into his second year and they're not going to get rid of him. I would say that Dante Moncrief is a lock because you just picked him up in free agency. You don't make that move. You don't pay him that much money for him to just sit and watch or get cut. Okay, so those three in my opinions, are, are locks to make the team. Lastly, I forgot one more, Deontay Johnson. I mean, as a third-round draft pick, their second pick in the draft, I don't see them parting with that either. So that only leaves two other spots, and I think those two spots get filled by Eli Rogers. Eli Rogers is a guy that, even though his contract did toll into 2019, and the reason for that is he spent the majority of last season on the physically unable to perform list or the pup list, his contract told or kind of carried over into the 2019 season, but the Steelers gave him a new contract that tells you something that tells you that even though they could still cut him, it's very unlikely. And then lastly, I think Ryan Switzer, again, I don't see them getting rid of him based on the fact that they traded for him last year. I guess for me, I think that's just your six guys. And so already people in the live chat are saying that, you know, they're agreeing with me that those are your six players. I think within that, though, you have these little competitions that are going to be really, really interesting to watch. Juju is on his island. He's going to be out there all the time. He's going to assume that number one wide receiver role. We're not going to talk a lot about Juju Smith-Schuster in this episode. If you're a big Juju fan, I apologize. But then you have, okay, let's look at the next one. Dante Moncrief versus James Washington. Now, before anyone flips out in the, in the live chat and says, oh my gosh, they could be on the field together, I realize they could be on the field together. If Juju Smith-Schuster is playing the slot, you could easily have a three-wide receiver set where you have Moncrief and Washington on the outside and Smith-Schuster in the slot where he is very productive. But at the same time, if you're not, let's say you want to have Juju out wide, one or the other is going to be the predominant number two on the outside. This is a tough one for me because I've always seen a massive amount of potential in James Washington, yet I've never seen him live up to it. I've always said this going back to when I was a coach. I hate the word potential. It's a very dangerous word because you you're talking about how much you can actually achieve, yet you don't know if you're ever going to achieve it. And so I used to coach teams where we would be, you know, preseason they, everyone say this team is brimming with potential. They could really make a run in the county, potentially the state. 
And that would scare me to death as a coach. And I tell my players, look, guys, that's a very dangerous word, potential, because you either live up to it or you don't. I see that with James Washington. I see him being a guy that is full of potential, but we haven't seen it. We saw it in college, but that's the Big 12. No one plays defense in the Big 12. So I want to see it before I can say that he's going to beat Dante Moncrief because I've seen Dante Moncrief. I saw him in his rookie year with Andrew Luck. He looked great. I liked him coming out of Ole Miss. Um, anyone that wants to cut on him for his poor statistics last season, gosh, he had Blake Bortles throwing him the football people. Come on. you, you As a wide receiver, you're in an, in a in a vacuum. You're only as good as the quarterback throwing you the football. Already, Moncrief has said that Roethlisberger in OTAs has been making passes that he's never seen before because he hasn't played for a quarterback of that caliber. I remember when Andrew Luck was throwing passes to Moncrief, he was really young as well. And so it's not the same Andrew Luck that you see now that's kind of the field general that can make a lot of throws. Uh, it was a different story. So he went from Andrew Luck to Curtis Painter to Jacoby Brissett. Then to Blake, my goodness, that's not a who's who of quarterbacks in the National Football League. But still, he's a veteran. He has experience. I would say that if it's a toss-up between the two, until I see differently, I'm going to take Moncrief over Washington. You can disagree, but it's hard to disagree with the fact that we just haven't seen it from James Washington yet. Keyword there is yet. Okay, so then you go to that slot position. You have Ryan Switzer. Eli Rogers, very similar players, very similar in size, speed, stature. I really liked Ryan Switzer coming out of college. And this was actually a training camp battle article that we published on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com today. So if you haven't checked that out, make sure you do. But I liked Ryan Switzer coming out of North Carolina. I thought that he was a really good, he could be a really good fit in the Steelers' offense. And one of the things that I kept on, um, well, one of the things I kept on thinking about was, couldn't this guy be the Steelers' version of Julian Edelman? I actually think he could be. And they're very similar in stature, very similar skill set. Switzer just needs to find a home. I mean, think about it. Drafted by Dallas, gets traded to Oakland. Is in Oakland for only a preseason, and he gets traded to Pittsburgh. This is the first time you know he's he's had an off season, and he's getting ready for the year. He spent a lot of time with Ben Roethlisberger this offseason. He was one of the receivers that went down to Georgia on the lake. Uh, we'll see what the, this guy, in my opinion, could look totally different. But then on the other side, you have Eli Rogers, who he had an ACL tear in 2017 during the playoff game against Jacksonville. It took him a long time to rehab because that is the worst case scenario for a football player. You tear your ACL at the end of the season. That's typically a nine-month recovery process, and it takes time. He came back last year for the New England game, played well, uh, played well the following weeks. Ben Roethlisberger seemed to trust him and look for him. He has a rapport. He's been in the offense longer. This is a tough battle for me. But, and a lot of people disagree with me because I, I read the comments on the article today, I think that Switzer is not, is not just a gimmick player. I think he could actually be a really good slot wide receiver. I'm going to say that Switzer gets an edge. Both are going to make the team. I think both are going to play. A lot of it might come down to special teams. Who's the better special teams player? But I'll take Switzer over Rodgers. I think he's healthier. Um, I think that you know he's going to have something to prove this year. Don't 
don't discredit that. You know, something to prove, chip on your shoulder, looking out, you know, going out there to try to shut people up, you know, shut up those trolls on Twitter and Facebook and really go out and prove your worth. So I think I, that's that's why I'm going to take Switzer. Now, what's crazy here is that you talk about Moncrief in Washington, you talk about Switzer, and you talk about um, Rogers, and you talk about Smith-Schuster as the number one. Well, where does Deontay Johnson go in this? Uh, so far through organized team activities, uh, everything that's coming out of the Steelers' OTAs in week two has been that Roethlisberger, primarily Ben Roethlisberger, has been the one that has kind of taken Deontay Johnson and thrown him in with the starters in certain situations. It would be like in their seven shots, which if you're not sure what that is, it's how they start every practice. It's basically two-point conversion distance, and it's seven plays. The offense or the defense wins, period. It's an odd number, so one one team has to win, and that's how they start every practice. They want to be good at that down and distance. And Although right now it's more like seven-on-seven seven with the fact that there's no pads, there's no tackling, and training camp where they're hitting, that's a little bit different story where they're actually trying to run the football. There's a lot of, There's full contact, but for me... Deontay Johnson is going to be a player that I think a lot of fans have high expectations for him. But at the same time, I'm not sure where he fits. I think that he's going to have a role. I think it's going to be a small role, at least early in the season. He might be a special teams guy. And then that role could potentially change as the year goes on. You've seen it before with other wide receivers. Heck, you even saw it with James Washington last year. He did not play that much early on, and he kept working, getting better. Yes, everyone remembers that horrible drop in, in Denver, but eventually he started to con- kind of turn it around, and by the end of the season, he was getting open. He was making some plays. Roethlisberger was trusting him. Don't discredit that, but I think Deontay Johnson will follow a similar path. I wouldn't. I would not be angry if he has a really good rookie season, Fans just can't always think that every rookie that is going to be a Juju Smith-Schuster wide receiver. It's just not always going to happen. So that's it for me. Uh, not for the show, for the burning question. I think those are your six receivers. Barring injury, I think that's what's going to happen. And I think that you're going to see they're going to be really fluid with this wide receiving core. It's not going to be just black and white. Here's our receivers. Here's what they do. I think you'll see some times where maybe Rodgers and Switzer are both on the field and maybe Moncrief and Washington aren't and Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, they have a lot of weapons. They have a lot of different options. I think that this offense can be very prolific. And it starts, in my opinion, with the quarterback and the wide receiving core. So at this point in time, I do want to know in the live chat, if you're watching live on YouTube, not only do you agree or disagree with my six receivers, if there's someone else that you would throw in, obviously say so. Uh, but also, who gonna, who's going to win those battles that I mentioned? Moncrief versus Washington. Switzer versus Rodgers. Where does Deontay Johnson fall into the mix? That's what I'm really curious about because um, I, I don't, you know, I, I think it's pretty much set in stone. And so, you know, Lance Williams, who's in the live chat right now, my co-host on the standard is the standard. He said, uh, is the group the biggest offensive weakness? I, in my opinion, if you put pass catchers on there, I would say yes, because I think tight end is a weakness. And so they didn't address tight end at all this offseason. Uh, they're going into this year with Xavier Grimble and, and Vance McDonald, and then they drafted Zach Gentry 
out of um, Michigan in the fifth round. Not really crazy about the tight end depth. If I had faith that Vance McDonald was a Heath Miller type in terms of his health, then I would say they're fine. But last year, from what I've gathered, and I've talked to a lot of people that write for the Niners Nation, which is the 49ers website for SB Nation, Vance McDonald staying healthy is not the norm. He's an injury-prone player. That goes back to when he was drafted out of Rice uh, by the San Francisco 49ers. So I would say the tight end, if we're breaking it down by position, I would say tight end is the biggest weakness because there's just no real depth there, in my opinion. But if you're saying pass catchers, then I agree with you. So if you have any other questions, go ahead and fire away. I will be glad to answer them. Um, I want to make sure that you understand that there's a lot of people in the live chat right now, a lot of comments flying around. I'd love to see that. It's awesome. If you want to use the Super Chat feature, you can. And how you do that is where, where you actually type in to, to put a chat, a message into the chat. On the right is a little dollar symbol. You hit that, you can enter any amount of money. It goes directly to the show, which we really appreciate. And uh, your question becomes highlighted. And I've always said, I have said this for all the shows that are on YouTube. That's all three of our shows. The standard is the standard. This show, the burning question and the Steelers preview. If there is a question that is a super chat question, it will guaranteed to be answered, period. And I'll go over a bunch of other questions to get to. So if you're someone that really wants your question answered, you can use that feature. You don't have to. But you can. I always want to let you know about that. All right. So let's see if we have some questions rolling in here. Um... I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So Ron says he thinks that the wide receiver group is, uh, is, is solid. I think they have that potential. Like I said earlier in the show, Ron, I think that they, they could be really good. Well, they could also be really underwhelming if James Washington doesn't show out, if Moncrief doesn't really gel with the offense. You know, I look at Moncrief as could be like a um, a Jericho Cotri 2.0, except he's faster. He's more athletic than Cotri was, but Cotri was a red zone monster. I believe he had 10 touchdown receptions his last year in Pittsburgh before he took a big contract with the Carolina Panthers. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. You know, Maybe Deontay Johnson doesn't have a role at all. Maybe he's just a special teams guy. Maybe he doesn't even get a helmet on game days. These are all p- possibilities here, folks. I hope you uh, understand that. So, but uh, yeah, you know, you, we'll see. So Ron also asked, do you feel the two starters will definitely be Juju and Moncrief? I don't think that the role, the term starters can be used, especially at the wide receiver position outside of Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, Dante Moncrief, James Washington, Ryan Switzer, Eli Rogers, even Deontay Johnson. They could all have a role that could have them starting. Uh, in terms of percentage of snaps played, I'll take Moncrief as second to Juju. But that's just my own personal feeling. Reed asks, what did you think about the de- delaying of Boswell's roster bonus? This is news. And so in case you can hear this, we wrote this on the, on the website. The Steelers basically, this is per Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. He stated that the Steelers told Chris Boswell, look, we're going to push your bonus back to after the preseason. And the reason being 
is that they want to see how he kicks. If he doesn't kick well, they can cut him, and they're not going to owe him that that signing bonus. Uh, and so they would only believe, I believe they would only have $2 million of a cap hit, which is significantly less than if they were to give him that signing bonus ahead of time. I thought it was a smart move. Chris Boswell had no choice. According to Dulac, if, if the Steelers were not going to give him, if he said, no, I want the money when I'm supposed to get it, they were going to cut him. They were just going to release him. So he decided to stick around because, let's be honest, if he were to say, I'm out, I'm see, see you later, who's going to pick him up? He has proven nothing since that dreadful season last year, so he had really no options. I thought it was a smart move, a smart business move for the Steelers. Uh, Chris Boswell fans are not going to like it. Uh, that doesn't necessarily scream confidence in him bouncing back, but at the same time, they are protecting themselves financially, and that's not a bad thing when you look at it as if from a business standpoint. All right, so... Um, Lance is continuing to be oh, Lance. You're killing me, Smalls. Um, if you're in the live chat, you know what, you know what he's saying. Um, Greg asks, as it stands now, where do you see the Steelers ranked? He said, I think the media had us around 18. Uh, depends on which power rank. I'm assuming you're talking about power rankings. A lot of power rankings have the Steelers about it as a middle of the road team. So that would be anywhere from 15, 16. I think they're closer to 10. Then I do 15 or 16. There's just so many question marks around the team. Is Devin Bush a guy that's going to be able to step in and play from day one? Is he going to fill the gap, the gaping hole left by Ryan Shazier? Um, is this offense going to be able to gel without Antonio Brown? I'm not really, I don't think Le'Veon Bell really comes into play anymore. He didn't play last year. So I think, I don't think that, you know, everyone always talks about, you see like ESPN articles where they say, will the Steelers be able to go without Bell and Brown? Well, they already did it without Bell. A Brown is a different story. 15 touchdowns, that's that's a lot. So I would have them around around 10, give or take. I don't think they're in the top 10. So I would say anywhere from 10 to 13 is about a ballpark for where I think they should be. I don't think that 15, 16, 17, 18, that's a little ridiculous. I think the defense is going to be better. I don't think I don't see how they could have possibly gotten worse. I think Steven Nelson is an upgrade. I think Mark Barron's going to help. Devin Bush is definitely going to help. And I think they're going to have the, the rest of their team back. So I, let's pump the brakes on the power rankings first and foremost, but that's where I think they'll be. Um, Henry says, uh, I'm sorry, Heath Henry. He said, do you think uh, the Steelers will come out firing the ball down the field against the Patriots or try to establish a balance? Wow. Well, we're going all the way to week one. Um, Patriots, Steelers, and Foxborough Sunday night football. What will the game plan be? Uh, I think if you look back at last season and say that we, if the Steelers feel they can duplicate that success, that was a game where Jalen said they ran it right down the Patriots throat. Uh, Jalen Samuels, I think had a buck 42, had a great game. He had a couple really key catches out of the backfield. They didn't have James Connor. He was hurt. Uh, I think the week prior in the chargers game, I think for me, if I were to draw up a game plan, it would be a balanced attack. And Lance will tell you, I say that all the time on our on our podcast, the standard is a standard that balance is key for me. I don't want them to get pass happy unless you have to, and you hope that you don't have to. So for me, that's where I go. Um, Lance asks, will Vince Williams play in sub package? Um, I'm going to say no, especially if they go to dime. I think that if they have 
I think they have the two linebackers right now in Barron and Bush that absolutely are perfect for their dollar defense that they want to run. And it could also be really good for the dime. Uh, I think Barron is a guy that his tackling Devin Bush, his speed, you're not going to be able to just put the, the Steelers in their dime defense and say, okay, let's run it on them. They're athletic enough. They can make plays. Unfortunately, I don't think that Vince Williams is athletic enough. I don't think that that means that Vince Williams is going to be watching more than he's playing, but I think that in certain sub package, he's not, he's not going to be on the field. And a question is, um, the sheep has more dollar defense. I think that's what they've always wanted to do, especially since last year, they've always wanted to run that dollar defense. Shazier would have been the ideal linebacker for that. But I think that now they're actually in a better position. Now Shazier's athleticism would be tremendous, but Shazier never had a Mark Barron next to him or out there with him. They do now. I think Barron's an upgrade over Burnett. I like Bush to fill in that role. I think they'll be just fine. I think you could expect that. Um, Let's see here. So, so do you think that the Steelers are going to use the dual running backs, the two running backs at Connors and Samuels this year? It's getting a lot of publicity. We, I wrote the article for the website yesterday about this. James Conner seems open to it. I just don't see them actually running the football with both of those guys in the backfield. What I do see them doing is having two in the backfield and Jalen Samuels probably will motion out into the flat. He'll then become a receiving option. And that's when they're going to throw the ball or they're going to find a different into different targets. So I could see them doing it. I don't think it's going to be their go-to offense. All those older fans that are like, yes, we're going to see Blyer and Harris in the back. No, you're not. It's just not, it's just not offense today in the national football league. Uh, you, you put two running backs out there. One of them, in my opinion, has to be a receiving option because it's a passing league. So do will they run it? We'll see. I would say yes. Will they run it a lot? I would say no. So there you have that. Uh, let's see here. Do you think Tevin Jones or Trey Griffey will make the team over Deontay Johnson? I don't think there's any chance that that happens based on the fact that they spent essentially a second round pick. I say essentially because he was drafted in the third round, but high in the third round, you're not going to throw away your second pick in the draft. You just, you're just not. So I just, I, I don't think that Tevin Jones, Tevin Jones, I hope I said that correctly or Trey Griffey um, have a chance of making the team, period. I said that at the beginning of the show. I'll say it again. I don't think so. So Cecil asks, how many interceptions will Ben Roethlisberger throw this year? Lance had some really good stats two weeks ago when we talked about could Ben have a, a bounce back year. And I think that he's always been around that 10 number. So for me, I would say if he has a 10 interceptions, that's minus six from last year. That's a good that's a good ratio there. I think 10 would be a good number. Ben's going to make mistakes. He's going to be a little careless with the football. You just hope that it doesn't kill you. Yeah, I, I'm going to think he'll get double digits. I think it'll be uh, 10. Let's see here. Um, <laughs> who will have more yards respectively, Juju Smith-Schuster or James Conner? I'll go with Conner because I think the Juju Smith-Schuster, he might be in for a rude awakening in terms of the the attention that he's going to get this year. Uh, it's going to be very similar to Week 17 when um, it, the, you know, the Bengals didn't have to worry about Antonio Brown. He wasn't playing. So keep that in mind. Um, 
Lance asks, who will be the number two quarterback? Lance, you know the answer to that question. I think Mason Rudolph will be the man that's behind Ben Roethlisberger this year. I think he's going to have a good preseason. I think he's going to have good workouts. He's going to have good OTAs, minicamp. I think he'll be the guy, pretty much. So uh, let's see here. A couple more questions before we go to show. Um, how about PJ Locke cracking the starting safety spot? You know, that's interesting because I read an article. I didn't realize this. That Well, I did realize that undrafted rookie free agents have an opportunity to choose where they go. And so a lot of times teams will offer more money. There's not as strict restrictions on how much you can pay an undrafted rookie free agent. And he took the time. He basically said, I'm not going to sign right away. He took it, looked at all the potential teams that were interested. He looked at their rosters and said, I want to go here, Pittsburgh, because he felt he had the best chance to actually make the team and play. And that's because if you look at safety, they don't have much. Deshaun Davis, Terrell Edmonds are the starters. Jordan Dangerfield, Marcus Allen. Am I forgetting someone? I don't think so. Mark Barron's not technically a safety. He's, a, he's technically a linebacker. So he has a good chance at making the team. I think him and um, SQ Henry, I believe it is, from West Virginia, both of those guys are going to be in a battle to try to make the team. It's going to come down to special teams, as it always does. So there you go. Um... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. This is a good segue into something I wanted to talk about anyways. Lance has said, is Lance a Steelers hater? So I, I want people to understand that as the editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, I am essentially in charge of everything that happens on the website unless it comes from above me. So obviously there are some articles that I have to write during the season that might be sponsored. Um, my boss might send an email saying, hey, here's some stats that we want you to do an article on. There are those occasions. But ultimately, I I run a ship. This is my fifth season as the editor. The way I run the site is that I don't want all my writers to be the same. I don't want all my podcasters to be the same. Because if everyone was the same, it would be boring. It would be so boring. If every single person that did a show for our podcast platform or here on YouTube was just like me, you would stop listening because you're like, well, I just heard that. And that's really nothing new. It's nothing different. And so Lance gets a lot of crap uh, in a lot of different places for his. I, I don't, he's not a hater. He loves the Steelers. Okay? <laughs> um, even though he said he's not my friend, he is my friend, whether he likes it or not. Um, and I've talked to Lance a lot about a lot of different things. Trust me, this guy bleeds black and gold. He loves the Steelers. He's from Pittsburgh. He is not a Steelers hater. What he is, is he's a realist. And there's a big difference between realism and optimism. I am an optimist. I am always a glass half full guy, period. He is not. He is a realist that says, you know what? I Sometimes he, he just sees it the way, way it is. He sometimes is wrong. And I sometimes am wrong. 
But this goes back to what I said earlier, and that is I want Lance's opinion on our podcast platform because it's different. It's unique. His Yeah, I Said It show was the brainchild of both of us talking about a way to get his opinions out there because no one else talks about the stuff that he typically talks about. So when he was talking about how Antonio Brown was using Ben Roethlisberger as a scapegoat to get more money, he was right, yet no one was talking about it. So I appreciate the work that Lance does. He's a busy guy. He's got kids. He's, you know, he's taking time to do, and his podcasts are short, but that doesn't mean that they're not driving great conversation. So he's not a hater. And it's just like Brian Anthony Davis and Dave Schofield that are on the Steelers preview show. You know, Brian is, is zany and he's crazy sometimes. And Dave is the analytical type and he's all about the numbers. We all bring something different. And I, I think that it makes our platform better. So a lot of people hate on Lance and they say that he's constantly, you know, oh, he's so negative. And yeah, there are times where I have to tell Lance, hey, buddy, let's lighten up a little bit. Uh, you know, you're constantly downer on the team, but that's him. You know, he, I'm going to look at the schedule and say, I see 13 and three. He's going to look at the schedule and see nine and seven. That's just the way it is. If we were all the same, it'd be very, very boring. So I hope that people keep that in mind. That was one of the reasons that was one of the driving forces of his most recent. Yeah. I said it, which can only be heard on our audio platform. And it was about why he's not a Steelers hater, regardless of what fans may think. So there you go. Um, <laughs> Ron says it's because Lance is from the North side. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, and I'm sorry. Lance at 11 and five, not 13 and three. So there you go. Um, have have at it. So I think that's a good time to, um, call it a show. I didn't want to go too long tonight. Tomorrow night's the big show, the Steelers preview myself, Brian and Dave. It's normally a longer show. Most of our shows are about, uh, 30 to 45 minutes. Lance's is a shorter show, but our Steelers preview show can be over an hour. And so I hope that you all can hang in there and listen to it. If you want to catch us live on YouTube, you can tomorrow on 9 p.m. 9.30 is more realistic, <laughs> if you know me. But still, check us out. Make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. We have OTA recaps. We've got breaking news. We've got features like one article tomorrow, which is a really good article, talked about how was that Blitzburg defense of the mid early to mid nineties. Did it have the best four, three, four linebackers in NFL history? All four of them, not just the outside linebackers, all four check that out tomorrow on behind the steel curtain.com and make sure you check out all of our Pittsburgh Steelers coverage here on YouTube, BTSC Steelers radio on all our podcast platforms, anywhere you download podcasts. And like I said, behind the steel curtain.com, that's where you should be every day. Eight articles a day, folks, minimum. Eight articles a day. Think about that. That's awesome. As Lance always says, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Steelers Burning Question.